When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to another edition of the Bandwagon Podcast, and today is my first international um, podcast, so I'm quite excited. And it's somebody who I've been in contact um, um, over many years, especially when uh, Twitter first started. Um, he's he's a, such a top guy, um, DJ Reminis Amen. How are you today? Hey man, thanks for having me on the show, bro. Really appreciate it. First of all, props to you for for doing the podcast because you you've seen me on twitter i'm like we need more of this stuff <laughs> yeah. right and secondly big props to you for keeping it real on like the drugs addiction and all that stuff i, I follow you bro so I oh. know, you know, that's awesome honestly <laughs> nah, nah, thank you nah, nah, thank nah, you, man. thanks man i mean like um I, I, it's like you you uh, yourself sat man who i've kind of um who i've had on on here before because you were you were podcasting inadvertently without people knowing what podcasting was really in in, in a sense because uh you know the type of work that you that you were doing so like I, i'll just start on on that side of stuff that you, you you've got an interest in music that's very um you know very clear when people follow you and stuff but how did you get involved in the podcasting side of things you know what it's just it's just me i've always been a um <clears throat> excuse me i've always been a sort of proponent and a fan of the next evolution of what tech is going to do. Like, for example, I started off on turntables when DJing and I didn't really want to go into the CD format because I, it, was, it wasn't comfortable for me. Like, mm. you know, picking up the record, putting the needle on the points, a tangible thing. And that's something when you get used to doing something for so many years. And luckily for me, technology came with the Serratos, DJ Scratch, you know, like all these things. So I was very, like, I was the bait. I was actually on the bait of Serato one way back. So that's a, now that's, you know, it's a household software. So I was on it when it was absolute garbage. It was trash. Like you, you play the record and the music would follow like two seconds afterwards sort of thing. So I've always been, you know, always trying to use technology into my, into my gigs, into my brand, into like anything that I do. And then, you know, went from there to like when podcast, when podcasting came out, it was just, it was just cool because, you know, I've been on radio on the biggest radio, like you're stuck in a, in a pigeonhole 
you can't say certain things. You can only play certain types of things. So for me, it was an avenue to say what I want, whatever I want, whenever I, you know. So it's giving you, it gave you that freedom then to sort of speak. Yeah. So what, like, pa- yeah. What, what, what could you, what was the things that you wanted to say that you couldn't say? Just about, about the culture, you know, about um, the faux pas subjects. Like, I don't know if you've heard the podcast or like anyone's heard yeah, it, yeah. but like I, I, I get a lot of relationship questions that no one dares to ask. Like, you know, a typical, I don't know why me. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that relationship, the guru. I'm not saying that. The the but, the, 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 yeah, the yeah. but you know, it, it's it's and the other thing too was Jade program it, yeah, like we've got a huge immigration population, right? So we're probably, you know, a couple of generations behind the UK. Like I spent, you know, almost half my life in the UK. So I've seen both sides. Very desi here. It's very, you know, mentality is very Punjab, very dominated. So it's very very catered towards that crowd like you know like it's all about Punjab it's all about you know India and there's never really anything there for us that were born here like the music that was played like UK Pagana music was hardly ever played here on radio if that I mean it was it was me like and I, I can honestly say this like I was the one who brought UK Pagana to the forefront here you know one of the originals that kind of played in my set. So it gave me the opportunity to showcase music that no one would ever listen to and that created my brand. Like I would get booked for the stuff that I play, not necessarily just a wedding DJ per se. So, you know, I just, for me, it's just, it's the ability to give people stuff besides the norm, whether it's music, chat, you know, industry news, because I'm, you know, I'm a big industry guy. I like talking about, you know, new things, new technology. So that's what it was, man. You know, just, just give me the opportunity to voice my, my thoughts. So drop it back. You, you talked about that you were living in uh, the UK. What, what was that journey like then? So how, where were you based and where are you based now? I was originally um, in Southall, uh, living with uh, my nana, Naniji. And then um, from there... Like this is a course over half my life. Like I was there, in, I was there. It's weird. I was there in primary school. Then we came back, went to high school there. Then I came back, came back for college. Then I came back. Just I wasn't wasn't able to settle because you know how it is. Like when you're away from your family, you don't really get that real support. Not a shot against my family in the UK, but it's just it's just different. You know what I mean? So eventually, I just ran out of money. I came back to, to Vancouver. So. But I have to admit, uh, being in that heart, like this was like when, you know, the bands were there, you know, like the DJ started popping off, the club gigs. I was in, I was in Hounslow at the time, living there with my mamaji. What year was and that? That was, I came back in 97. So I was there from like the late 80s to like right in the heart of the 90s. Yeah. Right when that big music popped. So um, it was fantastic being in that, being in that, in that environment at the time. Because it was it was phenomenal, bro. You know as it is, it was unreal. Going to the music shops, going through the crates, you know, lining up for the new Hira album, which is gonna come out in two days. Opa, agi, 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 ne, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That because yeah. that was that was more of it. Like you hear it before, like as people kind of reminisce, so to speak. Uh, yeah. Of um, you know, the actual experience of kind of to purchase music or look at music yeah. or listen to music. Was, it was an experience, really. Thing you had to. I was talking about this about albums, um, 
how it's an actual experience to like you put time aside to listen to things. And now is obviously consumerism. We'll, I mean, we'll get there eventually. But like, how did you then adapt your need that you were getting in the UK? You go back to Vancouver, and there's got to be a void in your life. It was it was hard, bro. Like when I came back, you know, I, I don't really talk about this, but it was pretty depressing because I came back from probably one of the greatest eras of Punjabi music. The culture was vibrant. The food was vibrant. You know what I mean? Like South or Broadway was, you know, Friday night was wicked. You go to Soul Road or whatever, right? Like the culture was thriving. I came back and it was like straight coming back to the bend. And that, that like, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not me per se. Like I'm born and bred in Canada and this country. So I wanted it. I wanted that culture to thrive for me. So I did everything in my power to do, to do whatever I could to find like-minded people like myself and give them what they want. Hence the music that I DJed. Like I was straight, like UK bangers, urban Dissy. Like I, like the stuff that I played at weddings, like most DJs would like, I remember DJing a reception, like, you're going to play this song. You're like, you're really going to play this. I was like, yeah. Like the Nugia, right? You know what I mean? It was hard, man. It was so hard. You were, getting, you were getting vilified because you were playing yeah. UK stuff rather yeah. than that. Yeah. So I mean, what, a lot of people would they be playing then? So what? I, I straight like... Desi, like straight Desi records, like, you know. Yeah, like I know I'm what you talking, mean. You know? And then you play, like, they considered UK music remix. Right. That's what they thought of UK Punjabi music was remix, right? Oh, do I remix the guy in Ghana? Like, I'm not doing right? It's like, you know, just shut up and dance. It's not like you paid for a ticket for the event. You know what I mean? Like, just... Then Have your free booze. Piss off. Yeah, exa- exactly. So it, it was hard, but I never gave up and I never gave in. That's one thing about me is if, my, if, I, if, if I have that will, I ain't going to stop. So, you know, it, it, took, it took probably a good three, four years. But on, but on top of that, too, we were lucky because we had acts like Bali Sagu who crossed over right? Taking those, some of those traditional records, making them big. And then I was also involved in bringing some of those acts over. So I did whatever I could in my power to kind of bring right. that flavor of music to Canada, North America. And I can also say we were successful while I was for myself. Like, you know, it wasn't about monetary gains or what I made in DJing. It was the fact that, you know, I was slowly changing the music culture for, like I said, like-minded people like myself, because we never had anything, you know? How long do you reckon that process took then from when, you know, you, you've, you've, uh, you've come into that void and then um, it, it slowly the, that the UK vibe, for example, was being it was, accepted? It was two defining moments. It was when Bali Sigur released Wham Bam. And then I, I was in England at the time and I brought back five cassettes. And I remember I used to work at a video store on a video. So I've done everything, bro. And we, and it's funny, like, my dad had the very first video store probably in North America, way back on Main Street, called the Video Shop. Right. So I come from a musical, sort of that side of things. So I brought these cassettes back, and people lost their goddamn minds, man, when I played that Wham Bam Mega Mix. And lucky for me, I was playing football at the time for a team, up on a, up on a team, and a goalkeeper, so I still remember Suki Sandu, he's was, he was, he was from England, he goes, bro, what do you think if we bring Bali down for a gig? I go, yeah, I mean, I'm, I tell you now, like, it's probably one of the most requested songs I get right now. So that was probably a year before that came out. So we came out, smashed it. And we brought Bali down. Holy, bro. It was, it was unbelievable. Still remember our Butis Hall. 
I was on before him. I'm sorry, at 86th Street Music Hall is a nightclub. It's closed now. It's a casino now. I'm on before this guy and I'm playing like, like this. Remember, I'm a hip hop DJ at this time still, right? Mm. Mainly hip hop. So I'm playing hip hop. And this guy comes on stage. He's got Punjabi vinyls. And he's like mixing Punjabi with hip hop. And I lost my mind. I was like, holy shit. Sorry. Pardon my French. No, that's all right. I was like, I'm like, what is this? Like, he was unbelievable. Like, as a DJ for me, like, I've seen some of the best DJs in the world. Jazzy Jeff. I've seen DJ Premier. I've seen them all. Right. I've done shows with them. And, but when he came on, took Punjabi music and mixed it with something that I love, like hip hop. It was game over. That same day, I was phoning all my cousins in England. I week later, I flew back to England, bought as many yeah. vinyls as I could, <laughs> brought them all back. That was it. He was the one who changed the game in Vancouver at the time, and that's when it blew up. And then the second time is when Ravi, there's a uh, Ravi Video Music Waves were doing like big shows. I'm talking Shuck Deep or this, the Upper Nasingit, like four or five big bands like they did, in like yeah. you know, like in, coming in the over UK. the tours, yeah, yeah, the tours, coming yeah. over the tours. So and the, and then what just, what what were you doing then? Were you a part of that setup as they were coming over, or you were just a fan, or just an? I was I there? was mainly on the production side. So like, I started off as an AV guy, like doing sound and tech. And that's kind of like my sort of hidden forte. I still do that now once in a while for like big shows. Like I get called from some of my friends, "Hey, we need a hand." Um, I love being front of house, the front of house engineer on the boards. So I I worked pretty much pretty much any big show you can think of except for like Biljeet the last few because he brings his own crew but that was I was involved on that side of things so I was I've just I've just been working out how to kind of frame this because like you distinctly you talked about like there's a Desi sound right there's the India sound yep you got the UK sound what did in your interpretation what is the Canadian sound or North America sound as of today as of today, yeah. So it's evolved from to- when you've been, you're like you've heard this now. So you're yeah. talking about your first instance. I'm trying to skip yeah. it now and say, what's the evolution of that sound? What is it? How is it defined? It's hip hop, bro. It's hip hop based. Like we are, we are the product of our environment. Like we all listen to hip hop. Like we grew up listening to hip hop. That's engraved in our in our veins. You know what I mean? So a lot of that sound is influenced from from that era. Even like today, like you see some of the biggest hits from like Siddhu Musayala and like whoever, like Deep Jandu, you know, they're all, they're all hip hop driven based records. And it's just, it's not good or bad. It's just, it's just the way it is. It's just what we grew up on. So we're going to make music based on what our flavor is. Um, prior to that, it was, you know, even like if you listen to the remixes, like I was part of a, you know, a crew called Monday in Black like way back and we released a bunch of CDs and they smashed it bro like around the world and it was all hip hop mixes on top of like that's kind of like um our flavor even today hip hop's a very big influence in the music and and you hear it yourself like you hear some of the you know most of the records coming out of you know North America um it's very very hip hop very R&B based like intense you know Big Bird Harj Nagar all these producers it's drum heavy it's that's that's kind of our style. Do you do you feel like North America is leading the way at the moment? I don't. I think they they've got their sound down. Like in terms of like, if you listen to what India's producing in the same genre, they can't compete. 
but you can't compete against India for the sheer, like Punjab for the sheer volume, what they do and their, you know, like their talent and what they have, you know what I mean? So I think on a production level, in terms of quality, we have that packed down. It's just for us now it's consistency, but you can never compete with Punjab. So do I think we have the best music coming out at the moment? I do. But at the end of the day, India still smashes us in terms of everything else, like quantity, quality. But it's it's like we're, we come out with brilliance in small bursts. Like, you know what I mean? And I find it's 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 not an acquired taste. Like it's, you know, like the like you like for example, like the the new Diljit album, right? I personally think it's a brilliant album mm. for what he did for what he was trying to achieve. But purists may think different because it didn't sound like whatever. You know what I mean? But for yeah, this I, I moment think, in time, I I think just like an artist like that, I think where people, I think they've 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 earned the right to kind of experiment. You know, if if you look at a lot of acts, you always have the argument, like U two for example, some of their best stuff was their early stuff. Like a lot of artists, some of their best stuff was early because it was new to, it's fresh. It was that the sound is fresh. But I think you get to a stage where people can have the right to kind of experiment. I I think it's. I think it's a it's a it's a great I think it's a good album. Um, you know, it's in there. It's not one that I'm gonna to listen to every day, but yep. I still find myself singing vibe, you know, around the house or yeah. or I'm hearing it. You know, it's just one of those things and, and that is the that is the whole point of that kind of sound. Yeah, I mean if you take a snapshot, say of this point in time, like today, that is the best album you've got to date for what we are offered today in 2021. You know what I mean? But is that sound like after this year, what's going to happen? Like, who knows? Right. Mm. Like he didn't go for something evergreen, like a, you know, like a Sujit Bindrakia, like Yarboda, like evergreen records. First of all, they're rare. And second of all, you can't touch traditional Punjabi folk music. You know what I mean? Like it's always going to be evergreen. So, uh, you know, I think when we talk about music, there's, there's always a purpose. There's always a point. And there's always, you know, but, some sort of but that goes, but that also goes back to your own individual biases, isn't it? Because if your preference yeah. is that one one way, you're gonna always go back to it. So, like yeah. for example, like Punjab BMC was like my first first. I I talk about this like quite often when I first heard Hundred Percent Proof. I was like, what is this? And I and I I didn't even know, I didn't know how to explain it. I just went on a on a quest to find out what that album was. And I was yeah. at like a Gato Gar Restedar's house where I heard it. Yeah. And I was like finding different ways of how to steal this tape. <laughs> yeah. And then until, yeah. I, until I found like, he goes, oh, this is what it was. And that was when I bought, I think that's the only record like I bought loads and loads of times. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. But that, that bias has been th- that connection that I had when I first heard it influenced the way that what, the tracks that I hear now. It's like some things where, yep. where people put it out, it's like, that's not my taste. Yep. And I just put that down to age. <laughs> yeah, it is, know? man, because you know, look, at the end of the day, they don't like, I don't know how old you are, bro. Like I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be 47 in a year. Right. So um, they, they stop, they stop making. Year. Okay. So they stopped making music for us like 15, 20 years ago, really at the end of the day, mm. you know what I mean? Like none, you know, like Punjabi MC will have a you know song here and there, but really at the end of the day, it's not about us anymore. We're not the buying power either you know and like it's just like it's like it's like our like and i say this all the time it's like we don't listen to our parents music you know what i mean there's that there's that shift like you know 
sure our kids might you know then the crossover like my older one's 16 she'll listen to some stuff like she likes you know you know but most of the stuff she doesn't listen to because she's got her own taste because it's shifted i, I got it's just, just i started it's just the way it is. during lockdown i played uh we, we, we were driving around everywhere and i started playing um so my son he's he's four he'll be five soon but he's four at the time <laughs> and uh I played him the original uh, Malkit Natchigidevich, you know, Gornal um, yeah. Ishka Matar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I just, I, I put it on for me because I thought they were asleep in the car, you know, like kids are. And then all I, all I seen him in the back was that he was tapping and, and he's going, ho, ho, hi, hi. And I was like, yeah. he was doing, you know, like when you see, he was doing what I was doing 35 yeah. years earlier. And I was like going, you know, that's when you know that track is a fucking good track. <laughs> yeah, 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 100%, bro. I, I, and that's the funny thing. It's like, because when you hit the nail on the head, and I say this to everybody else, like, music is a vibe, right? It's, 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 it, there's those records that hit your soul no matter how old they are. Like, dad will play some Prana Geet Padani, like, black and white film, and I'll be like, damn, man. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's so true. And it, it, that's, and it's phenomenal, that feeling. You know, like it's like when you DJ, you play that one record. You know, people are not jinked up being there going, and you play that one song, and it was, ah, they all scream because you hear that one song, you know. But how rare is it? Because that, that track was like, I think it's about 11, 12 minutes. I could be wrong. And now yeah. some of the tracks are like fucking two minutes. Like, I know. Just like, you know, you're like, uh, yeah. tension span. Yeah, I was just like, oh, man, you know, you have to keep putting it on again. I don't know whether that's a clever way of uh, basically building up streams that you put it on repeat man. again. <laughs> I like I was watching your Manny Sandu interview, which is brilliant. I wanted oh, to ask, I was hoping to ask you a question. Why are your song so short, bro? You know what oh, I mean? Because like, yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of his music. Yeah. And you know, like one of my favorite songs from him right now is Schedule. Like that's on repeat. Yeah. I listen to it probably three, four times a day. Yeah. Right. But Jodomokalagana, like, God damn, I gotta go back and it pull, you know. So it's I mean, that's a good thing too. And about like it's it's one of those things, right? I think I think it's just uh, reflecting what the mainstream are doing yeah. in terms of like length of time, radio play, all these yeah. kind, of, you know, all those kind of things. Yeah, um, it, it, there was an article that I was reading that it was down to like the more a, a shorter song, the the chances of the person putting it back on again increased. Yeah, therefore the streams and all of it, and I was like, yeah, it's like three oh, minutes yeah. and thirty seconds or something. Yeah, I think two, I read the same article. Two fifteen, yeah. that like that top yeah. notch gumbru, and that, I was always felt. I needed two more verses, man. <laughs> this song is, this yeah. song is classic. You just like, yeah. right. and then you're like, oh man, I mean, it's over. Yeah, I'll put it on again. Yeah. I'll put it on yeah, again. Yeah. So I, I'll fall for the same trick, man. I'll fall for it as yeah. well. So whether that's true or not, I don't know. But it 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 it, it is mad. So like some of the artists that you that you've kind of that you kind of work with in there, um, how how like. One of the things that you do is around doing these reviews. Now, I just want to go a little bit back. So when when um, Brown Twitter first started, I know you were kind of very vocal and active of doing these things. Um, so what happened? Because all of a sudden, it just went away. Well, it was, it was a combination of two things, right? Like, so the problem with our industry is, if I can, is like, there's no one keeping people in check. Like we've gone through without really any repercussions of anything, really, you know? So my thought process is, it's like with any industry, you need, you need checks and balances. 
and you need conversation. Like the biggest problem with our, with our culture is there's not enough conversation around anything. You know, like you do your part about drugs and addiction, but really at the end of the day, there's no, there's no like, you know, you know what I mean? I think you kind of know, get what I'm saying, right? Like, what do you mean like in terms of somebody challenging my thoughts and my, my well, viewpoints or something? That too, but just like, there's no like, um, there's no like complex magazine for, for music, you know, something that talks about music and culture. Like I'm not talking, like a lot of these websites are just, you know, here you go, namagana agya. Right. Well, do, so, are you, you know, talking about um, like validation, or is there validation? Just, just, just talk about stuff. You know, get issues out. You know, like usually, it's just like okay, post an article and done, and then and that's it. There's no like, like not kind of like how we're having discussion. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Like you and me. We yeah. need we we need more of that. See, the problem is people get hung up on my review, right? And I do them not because the review is important. Like what I say really has zero bearing on your life. Really, at the end of the day, like I might have some clout. I don't know. It's hard to say. I doubt it, but the conversation around what I say is more important. You know, like if I don't like, if I don't like a song because of some lyrical content, that's more important than what my score was on the song. You know what I mean? Like if I don't like your video because you're showing guns and shit, that's more important than what I actually had to say about the song. You know what I mean? Was so, it? So what I'm trying to jump in as well at the same time, because I want to, yeah. I really want to dial in this, yeah. what, what you're saying. Yep. So, was it because that you're one of the only ones who were doing it that format that you were kind of yeah so like a lot of stuff that you see on youtube is basically they're watching a video and they're kind of reacting to it but they weren't really going into depth right what the song is what's it about like you know what i mean not and i'm not saying i'm the expert i'm not right i'm just giving you my thoughts on that particular song on that day of how i feel right like and i try to be objective as i can but you know there's always gonna be a little bit of bias it's just human nature so my point was like, you know, like I'll give you an example. I'll tell you why I got, got, you know, chucked out, whatever I was doing. Um, I did a review of Diljit's songs, a few of them. Right. And Diljit isn't, he's a superstar, bro. He's the yeah. biggest artist in our culture for the, for a long time, for the longest time for what he is. So my, I did a review on Lamborghini, which is a big song for him, but it sounded like shit. Like literally it sounded like shit. So my, 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 my review was very harsh because I'm like, as an artist of your caliber, how can you let something that bad sounding come out of your camp? Right. It's like, take the biggest hip hop artist, Jay-Z, Dre, like imagine someone like them releasing a song that was subpar that didn't sound, it was distorted. You know what I mean? Like it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And People are like, well, you know, you're an idiot. It doesn't matter. It's still a good song. I go, no, it's not. It sounds like shit, right? It's a fact. Like I can lot, I can show you where it's peaking and everything. And I've, I've had these arguments with people and then the labels just had enough. They're like, you know what? Well, we're putting a copyright strike against you because of blah, blah, blah. And then um, a couple more came. I think it was an Imran one I did, you know, and then they shut me down. Um, and then just recently I had to negotiate I can't really talk about because I got NDA signed. I had to negotiate with a few of these labels of what I can and cannot do. So I finally got my YouTube channel back. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty harsh. So, but I, I'll be honest with you. I'm on borrowed time. Like it's just like, I want to happen me, again. Yeah. Because I've never, ever let anyone in my life tell me what to, what I can and cannot say. What That's why that, I quit radio. 
Okay, so, so was that because of YouTube, or are you able to just do say what you like on Spotify? Um, I I mean, because I'm older now, I'm a bit more calmer. So I think you know it shows in my latest reviews. Like I'm a bit more meth, you know, methodical of what I say. Plus, you know, but like, through, like here's but, one then. So like, what gives you the the qualification? So like, I could kind of guess yeah. what they're saying. What gives you the qualification to to who are you basically to cuss this song? I get I get that all the time. I'm like <laughs> I'm like, look at my resume. You know what? I got 35 plus years experience being in the Punjabi music industry specifically from everything you could think of. Running shows, running gigs, running studios, producing, mixing. I've recorded every top vocalist you could think of personally. Right. I've recorded in India. I've taken people in India to do shows. Right. I've worked in mainstream. I'm like, prove me wrong. Like, I'm not saying this arrogantly. I'm saying this as a healthy respect for myself of what I've been able to achieve in my life. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, and I'm the first one to admit when I'm wrong. Like, I've done it before. I've, I've you know, I've fucked up and I'm yeah. like, okay, you know, I, I'm sorry. Right. But at the end of the day, you cannot just go and do whatever you want and put something out in the public forum and expect no feedback. That's logically impossible do you think that's because the the industry doesn't necessarily accept or tolerate feedback no they don't i've it's and that's fine i get it right you know it's personal to them you know it's you know they spent this time money and effort and you got some dick like me going and saying you know this ghana is garbage or this is that and this and that right but it is what it is you know what i mean like you know like uh I don't know if your kids are in sports, but you know, like when my kid, you know, as good as she is and she has a bad day at skating, like it is what it is. Like everyone, you know, not everyone's on their A game shit happens, but you know, the biggest problem with our industry is you can't, you can't like, like then that's what I'm about checks and balances. Like how many songs have you heard? You're like, what the hell is this? Like, how did this Ghana even come out? Like, what were they thinking? Right, then you see all the reviews. Oh, can't gonna, can't gonna. Like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, uh, yes, music is subjective. I agree. Right, what I like, you may not like. But when someone singing songs about like Tim Hortons or Starbucks, like get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like it, it. You know, there's there's some things that just don't make sense. And and I'm sorry, I have to call it out because, you know, it's about moving music and culture forward. And, and it's about having these conversations, right? Like, like the conversation we're having now exactly is what I love because it was that review that brought stuff like, who do you think you are? Well, okay, well, let's talk about this then, right? Yeah. You know, like I've had conversations with, you know, so many producers, you know, where I've, we have said something, you know, and they, they'll message me like, you know, well, why'd you do this? And when I'm like, well, let's talk about this. Don't yell at me, right? But let's talk about it. Like, I'll, I'll give you my thoughts. And usually it's a good conversation. Okay, yeah, I get what you're saying. Right? Do you think you do you think you feel you're safe with it because you're in Canada? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, it, yeah, I think yeah, so. I'd, like, yeah. I'd be probably, they got to be able to take criticism, bro. Like, it's this life, you know, especially, you know, if you're putting stuff out for the world to see and it's not, you know, kosher or there's some stuff in there that's questionable 
you know, you got you got to be able to take some responsibility and accountability for it. I'm not saying, you know, I'm the one supposed to do that, but at the end of the day, you know, you can't just expect to put something out and not get any heat for it. It's just how life works. And yeah. we've gone so many years where they just, you know, we just did whatever we wanted. There was just no questions asked. Do you, think and, that's, um, do you think that's harmed the culture in terms of the music? 100% it has, man. Like I said, how many songs you hear that just gets put out because some guy had money? Mm. You know, subpar music. Fake There's likes. Fake likes. Like, I'm not talking about, yeah, like I'm not talking about stuff like if you're independent, you you put your music out and, you know, YouTube, you, you did it all yourself. I'm talking about major labels. You know, like the T-Series, the movie boxes or whatever that put out such shit music all because they wanted money. I'm not saying the big six, you know, don't do that either. You know, they've got losses too. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, it's just, um, it's not right or wrong. It's just like, like I said, you just gotta, you gotta question it. Do you think like Canadian, North America's got it right compared, compared to everyone else? Um, or they're the worst culprit? I think. I think at the moment in time, we've gotten it right, but it took us years to get here. Because you got to remember, we made some really shitty music. I can honestly say that. We made some I, Mickey I Mouse live, shit. I think my first thing I heard in North America was DJ APS. Yeah, like his mixes were phenomenal. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like That's how we started out from that mixtape generation, right? But if you look at you know the music that we produced and stuff, it was, it was Mickey Mouse shit. You know? It's, but over the years, when you had you know, like the intense is these younger guys come up that are born and bred here, have have that music in their veins, you know, and the Harge Nagras and like prophecies and they're making beautiful music. It was it was just bound to happen because you know, we had a fresh sound. It was gangster music. You know what I mean? Like we can say what you want about it, but it's people love that shit. I think it's basic. I think it's somewhat easier than that. I think when it was in the 90s, people from India wanted to come to the UK, immigration, work opportunities and all this kind yep. of stuff. Now, as everything's kind of, yep. the market here has gone smaller, all the artists are moving over, getting dual citizenship over in North America, yep. doing all this stuff. Better weather. Yep. It's just a combination of the sound, new opportunity. I think that's what's yep. happened. We, we are actually very fortunate. So the reason why Pongana Music is so strong here is because one is immigration, 100% agree with you. You hit the nail on the head. And we got a strong immigration still. Like we are expecting like a million immigrants probably in the next four or five years, right? Mm -hmm. Then prior to that, we had a very strong Pangara circuit, something that the UK never had. That, in my opinion, is why... What, you mean Pangara dancing? Yeah, like a professional circuit between the universities for years here, mm -hmm. you know, across North America. Yeah, so we, had Pangara, music. we had Pangara groups. Yes, you did. Um, yeah. Playing at weddings but, and stuff. Yeah, but not necessarily. Yeah. Not yeah. The, the so we had phenomenon yeah. been in the last sort of 10, 10 years, 10, 10 Which years is great. That. That's yeah. huge for Pangara music, Punjabi music, especially here because we've had that circuit for but years. But that's turned into fitness now. <laughs> is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, probably yeah. here too. No, no. So like the, I think obviously COVID's put a, a scope yeah. on it, like a different yeah. uh, angle on it. But you do see um, the Pangara competitions, the university competitions happening. Yeah, but I go to some speak to some of the Pongra uh, teams. They're not getting booked for weddings anymore. It's more like fitness classes mm. during the week, and that that's the only wow. thing that's kind of sustaining them. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, wed Pongra, like events and Pongra events and weddings is still big here for, you know, need a book entertainment. So it's yeah. still big here. 
which is, I mean, it's great. It's great for the culture, right? Keeps moving it forward. I think you're also kind of, you're limited in terms of what you just said in terms of entertainment. We got fucking yeah. people, acrobats. Yeah, we got it all here too. I thought it was just a North American thing for Jalous like that, no? <laughs> I thought it was us. I thought it was us. I'll be honest with you because I see like on Twitter and stuff, people are like, oh, look at this. Oh, it's a North, another North American idiot, you know, doing, coming into his wedding reception on a boat or something. I'm looking at it going, oh, here we go. Right? Nah, nah. It's all, it, it's all like, you know, people, it won't be too long where people are having fucking fire coming out of their office. And, you know, like, it's just, but, you know, fair play. People, uh, people, people, people are expert, whatever it is. Whatever, uh, but, like, it is a, entertainment. If people were booking and say, Pongra team was the, that was the thing, you know, it did dominate a lot of weddings for a yeah. long, long, long time now. Yeah. Some of the setups and DJs are cost. Crazy man, phenomenal amount. Yeah, man, it's come a long way from like you know having like the ik bottle shrab and the pop on the table with like the white plastic. Is that happening? Is that is that happening in in um in North America as well? As the DJ scenes get bigger and bigger. Yeah, I again, I don't want to take credit for it, but (laughs) But coming from the UK, um, we were we were the first to kind of emulate that sort of style because it was different i remember i remember i still remember this booking just got my rig this one running everyone's running plasmas you know the tvs on the stands yeah <laughs> i had 250 inch and i had the big screen on the back as my background so i never had a backdrop i used to use my screen as a background no one done that here in north america i remember walking in setting up as a doctor who paid me for this I still remember and there's like you know like other you know djs come party they only like what is this like why would you want to spend the money on this? Blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, it's just typical. Like, why, 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 why? What, a year later, everyone's doing the same thing? You know? Yeah. It's crazy. Because people go people go overseas. They see pictures. Instagram, like Instagram, all this, yeah, Snapchat. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like, okay, I smaller. want that, you know? And then it, it is what it is. And power too, man. Because DJ it was a hobby, right? But now people are making seven figures here. Oh. It's crazy. Like, it's... We can laugh all we want, but the economy the wedding industry has created for us operating is brilliant. Power to them. Like makeup artists getting like four or five thousand dollars, but makeup on some miserable bride. You know what I mean? It's crazy. You know what I mean? Bug got it. You come with tire bug charging like whatever, five, six hundred bucks. I think it's fantastic. Mm. Right? I mean, does it make us lazy now? I don't know. Like, it's, you know, two sides of the story. But, but it, you, you know what I love is like first world problems in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it, I mean, I think, I think it's over the top. I think, you know, like that sort of, it's we're starting to lose the soul of what a wedding is. Mm. But I don't know if that's right or wrong. But we grew up in a different generation, right? So people, are, oh, you're just old, right? Yeah, we are. See, you know, I, like, see I feel like I, I'm a little bit older in that kind of side because yeah, I still feel young. I still have a, like, a connection to a lot of younger my cousins and stuff and that. Yeah. Uh, and then I've seen some of the. I'm, I, I was part of the industry. I've left it now. I don't. I don't get involved in any of that that side of it as well. And, yep. you, and from the experience of what I've seen, you know, people are making. You know, sometimes I was sitting there. I was like, I'm busting forty hours a week. Got my set amount. I've seen these guys and what they do and their yep. money. It's just like, fuck. Yeah. But they work hard. People are working hard. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, and it, and it comes with at, people, and it comes to sacrifice. I think people dealing with people during and after COVID and lockdowns, they've they've turned horrible. 
they demand, next level. Yeah, they demand stuff like they're like, I I want this, I need this, and all. And I thought that's when it for me I had to say, look, I'm out. I can't yeah. be dealing with dealing with. I help do all this, but what you're what you're asking for and what your expectations are and what you your attitudes, your mannerisms, um, and then you're saying I'm spending time away. You spend time away from family and all of yep. these kind. Of, it's just like, what's it with? That's what it comes down to in terms of value. That, it, it does, man. Because I remember, I never went on vacation in the summers ever. It's peak season. So how long were you doing that circuit over there then? Uh, I stopped doing Punjabi weddings. I stopped about five years ago. Why? Why? I'll do, I just couldn't start dealing with. I just thought I couldn't deal with them anymore, man. Like I just operating here a different breed. They all think they're gangsters here, right? So it's like <laughs> just dealing with the mentality. Just you know, I'm older too. I'm crabby. And, you, and you're one of those guys who is always, you know, you're always careful with what you say. <laughs> Yeah, that's the other problem, right? Then that, and it's just, it's, it, and it's Galti Media because I'm the guy, like, you've booked me, let me do what I want, right? Like, you don't tell me what to play or what to say. That's not why you booked me, book somebody else. Like, I never took requests, and it's in my contract. Like, I'll take them, but, you know, I don't encourage it, right? Like, especially someone's going to come up and be like, hey, man, can you play some stupid, you know, dumb song? I'm not going to play that. Like, I never played gangster music at parties, never. I refuse to play it, right? It's not the place or the time for it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, hey, man, can you play like Tupac, blah, blah, blah? Get out of here, man. Like, why would I want to play that here, right? It's a family event. What do you want to just go up there and like show your, you know, hands in the air, like your, you know, your guns and shit? Like, get out of here. So, and you like, actually to... have guns there as well. Oh, bro, I, I could tell you stories. That's a topic. That's another podcast for another day. No, just, I... give it, just give us one. Bro, I've had everything. I've had, I've had gats pulled out on me. What because yeah, you never played yard ball? Yeah. <laughs> what didn't I play? I think it was California Love. <laughs> All right, so a guy goes to you, play me California Love. He goes, play California Love. I go, no problem. Give me two minutes. Right. Right. And he's standing, he goes, You're gonna play it, right? Pulls his jacket and he's got a gat right there. Right? Nine mil. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna play it, right? Don't worry about it. Now I've been DJing at clubs and stuff, so I've dealt with this shit my whole life. I've dealt yeah, with we you don't, name it. We don't see that here. Yeah, you don't see that. Like I've dealt with this my whole career. I'm talking, you name the biggest gangsters you can think of, I've dealt with them all, right? In the club sort of atmosphere. I'm like, yeah, don't worry, I got you. I go, I can't cut this song right now, can I? It's like, yeah, okay, just play it. Right? Played it. Then he comes back, pulls it out. It's like, man, thanks. You're lucky you did play it. I was gonna blow. I'm like, Really? So, I go, so, you... so he pulled a gun out at the wedding. Yeah. To sh- other he, wanted me, he wanted to show me his piece, right? That awkward, right? I'm like, I, you know, he's like showing it, hanging it to me, like, you know, like this. I'm like, listen, man, now you pull. I said to him, well, now you pulled it out. You might as well pull the trigger. <laughs> right? This is dumb shit, right? I remember, so I never, ever gone to a fight, ever, in my career as a DJ, ever. I always got a way to get out. Like, I, I don't fight, bro. Like I'm, I like everybody. I try, you know, as much as people see me on Twitter, how vocal I am. That's just my personality because I like to question things. That's all I want to do is question things, right? But when I'm when I'm on the stage and I'm performing, it's about professionals, about the people. I give them what they want. That's why they booked me, and I make sure that they're happy before they leave. You know what I mean? So yeah. never, the last day when I retired, the last day, bro, I get into a fight. The very last day. I think maybe all those years of 
you know, Badash got a game right. I just lost my marbles. I don't know what happened. I just, you know what? I just, I just lost it. What you mean, like at the just, end of the wedding? At, so, I'm at this party. Yeah, it was in the middle of the party. I booked this wedding, and it was my. You know what? It was one of those things where it was a person that I knew, and mm-hmm. they really wanted me to. Like they met, so it's kind of cool. Like I've been very fortunate. I've because I've done club events. Like I play. Like I play. I play make baby music when I play. Right when I play in the clubs, I want people to connect. So what's it called? Like making baby music. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like good records, like party records. Okay, okay. I, I like, and we used to do the last Thursday of the month called High Society, Punjab B gigs in downtown Vancouver for ten years. We used to have the best night ever. Ten years sold out. Number one complaint was not enough guys. Right. Number what? two, yeah, seriously, not enough guys. And number two, we we never had one fight in ten years. And this is in Vancouver, bro. Where we're gangsters. Like all, we never let it. We never let anyone bad in. We screened at the door, right? So I used, so people would come, mingle, have fun, go home safely. We ran that for ten years. And out of that, from the music that I played, people would connect. You know, boys, girls, whatever. Mm-hmm. So a few times I have like, so hey, like we speed met dating at the same time. Speed dating at the time, right? So a few of those uh, couples be like, hey, we want to book you for a wedding. We actually met at your gig. So this is how I started getting really deep into weddings is because people would book me from my club events. And I'm like, that's fine, but I'm not playing wedding music. Like if you're booking me, you're going to get a freaking party. Like I'm going to play 200 songs in one night. You're going to get the best music of your life. You're just going to keep on dancing. Like I'm verse in, verse out, cut next song, verse in, verse out, cut, except for the classics. You know, like Yard Bulldogs and stuff. I, like I, that, That's one. Sorry, I'll, I'll get back to you story yeah. in a second. But that's one thing we did. Um, I went to uh, Canada a few years ago. I was actually at uh, downtown central and there was a there was a wedding and um like the dj was like booked from like five in the uh, evening to like three o'clock in the morning and i'm like wow. that's I was, a long like, i was like what the fuck are you gonna keep playing you know what i mean there's like made no difference like it's like a yeah. standard thing like a nine hour contract six seven hour contract <laughs> not me man i'm done by 12 but that's all I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah. These, these yeah. So they're like, okay. I'm like, fine. I'll book it. And then, you know, I'm doing this. So this couple booked me for this party. And they're telling me, like, just want to let you know, like, both sides don't really agree on this. I'm like, okay. So I had that gut feeling. But I'm like, you know, but they wanted to book me, specifically me, because they like, yeah, mm. right? Bro, the whole night was just brutal. The whole night was just bungay, like, the guy's side wouldn't bring the booze in. The girl's side's yelling at the guy's side, right? And then she gave me a specific list. She goes, you can play everything you want. Just don't play one particular song. It was Imran Khan. I can't remember which one it was, right? Don't play one song. She goes, I've heard it so many times. I hate it. So what happens? The guy's side comes up and goes, can you play the song? I go, bro, I can't. I go, I'd love to. But she specifically said, you know, not to play the song. Then the guy's like, well, I'm paying you the bill. So you're going to pay it, right? I go, what'd you say? Like, I don't take shit like that. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know who you are, but I don't work for you. Right. Mm. Like, even if I did, if you said that to me, here's your money back. Go fuck yourself. Right. Like, I, this just, you know, like, like, yeah. right? that, my biggest problem was like over the years of DJing, I've had to educate people on how to speak dealing with thisies. Right. So the guy goes back, calls his dad up. Right. So now I've got the son and the dad right on my stage. One guy's got me here. The other one's about to like, you know, I, I'm I'm trained in martial arts and whatever. So, you know, I'm calm, right? So so he tries to swing at me. I move. I push the dad off the stage. He falls, right? And then my buddy behind me comes and whacks the other kid. So I didn't really hit anyone. I was just like self-defense mode. 
right? All hell broke loose. And I turned off the music. Wedding going, wedding wedding going, going on. on. I turned off the music, get on the mic. And I, was, I remember my exact words. I'm like, get these two motherfuckers off this stage or I'm going home. Shut the music off. I go, and security, the nice thing about like being there, like the halls take care of you. And like the security knows, right? Because they deal with this bullshit every weekend. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. turn the lights on and lock the doors. I go, these guys want to rock? Let's rock. Right? So they lock the door. Security's behind me. I go, all right, I'll do one. Right? And then, you know, obviously we're going to do anything. It was just a show of like, you know, show the presence. And I, yeah. I pulled the, I pulled the, I pulled the family saga. Look, I'm not going anywhere, but like, I can't, I can't work while you've got this guy harassing me. Like, here's the thing though, bro. Like, cause you, you deal with addictions and drugs. So you kind of have this, this thing with, you know, people's mentality, you know, like, like it just find it really stupid that you got to go out and try to hurt someone because they didn't play your song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. And that's the kind of shit that us DJs have to deal with. Probably there too in the UK. I'm sure you've had it as well. You know, someone's getting old cop because he didn't play their song on time. Like, it's just like over the years we've been taken, not as like a, as an entertainment, but we've taken Liberty. Like we're like we're their slave, like we're their jukebox. Put just, in a. I just think know? is when you've got, when you try and look at it in in a, in a factual point of view, you've got a um, a wedding, a heightened stress a stress mode for the amount of people who are there, family, people who've got invested interest in that, yeah, and then you've got booze mixed into it. Like they wouldn't act like that the next day. So you all, I always, you've always got to have that in the back of your head to say, this is abnormal behavior of the majority. And so what you have to be is to turn around and say, right, is trying to remember that as be as calm and calm as collected as you like. But with opera, sometimes they just take it, you know, like, and the, and the other, the other truth about it is that there's, and I bang on about this quite a lot. You've got this big coke scene now, especially within oh. the uh, within the it's ridiculous the culture, <clears throat> and that's made it a lot, lot worse. I mean, yep. a lot worse, especially it's after what the lockdown. You see people and they've just revved up on it, and it's just like I said it before, and I'll say it again. You know, we are probably five to ten years away from people dying on a stage. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's... at a wedding, it's it, because it is a ridiculous. <clears throat> it is ridiculous. We, we we promote as a culture binge eating, binge drinking. Yeah, <laughs> for three yeah. days in a row. Yeah, and this is the first of the generations that have happened that we've never had a track record. We probably had a track record of back in the day in the eighties. Let's say with someone probably doing fags. Yeah, then the nineties is where Buddha came in. You know, a bit of weed, whatever, yep. and, and booze. But now you've got people who've been doing coke <laughs> for like 20 years. This has never been done. We're in uncharted territory from a health point of view. Yeah. I, I, I don't care what people's choices are. I'm just saying like, if you're going to make informed choices, but what we're going to see in the next five to 10 years, you'll start seeing premature deaths happening a lot, lot more. These are the fucking discussions that we need, bro. Props to you, man. <laughs> I'm serious. This is what we need. Like, this is the first time I've heard this from anybody. Like I've heard you say before. Yeah. But like actually having a conversation with someone that understands. And 
you like I've seen like in the part that kills me the most is like there's no sharm about it. Like I'm talking grooms in there, like yo man, you know, snorting cocaine and stuff. Like it's like it's gangster shit. Mm. That 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 that's what really kills me, and that's why I stopped doing weddings is because you know I was, you know, when we grew up, you know, I don't I don't really talk about this. Like we grew up in like like I can honestly say like the projects when we lost everything. Something I don't like bringing up because. Oh. You know, it's, it's unnecessary. Right? Like we grew up in a very harsh environment. You know, my dad, my sisters, and it, I saw everything, bro. Like you name it. I'm talking like real gangs and like real shit just to survive. So when 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 we're not going to talk about they're from the hood, no, they're not. Oh. They're not. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And then I grew up DJing just so I can go to school, and I grew up working for. You know, these guys, like, who owns the entertainment industry? They're not Siddhis Adde Bande, bro. Yeah. It's, it's a dirty world, right? You know, I grew up very fortunate. I had a good head on my shoulder. I wanted to study. I never got involved in drugs or anything like that. I did my thing, got paid. I saw some shit, never ratted. I went home. And I went to school, right? So I, I saw that growing up. And I got to the point where, you know, Everyone's got their business. Everyone does their thing. I don't care as long as you don't affect my life. It is what it is, right? Yeah. But when you have the community doing it like a sport, like it's an ego thing, it's fucking disgusting. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I feel sad. Like, I feel, like I'm going into these, I'm going into the washroom, to, you know, do my thing. And there's like the groom and his groomsmen like on the counter, like lining up. And I'm going, what are you guys doing? You know what I mean? Like it's, 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 it's sad, bro. It's a sad reality. It's, it's like, I, like, I, you know? I, I come from a weird place, which is just like, if, if they're going to do it, it's fine, but just don't do like an idiot kind of thing. But I have this clash, internal clash of basically saying, I'm absolutely tired of hearing myself talk about the same shit all the time. And then I, and I did stop for it. I burnt out, you know, I, I stopped doing it for a bit. And, um, because you're always thinking that if you took a break, maybe you're seeing it differently. But when you when you come back and you see it and it's worse and you just and you prove yourself right because it's like what the hell am I doing? Like I I could put out a bullshit tweet and it gets x amount of likes or whatever. When there's something valid, educational, it's like tumbleweed. You know, something really really valuable or to learn, it just it just gets blanked. Yep. And, and some of the harshest truths out there are like, I'm I'm not doing it out of my thing. Like, look, I like a good drink. Yeah, I'll probably session once a month. Worry, but I know my limits. Yep. With some of the behaviors and people and the, and the the patterns that I see, that's not that's not there. You got people doing it in their breaks at work. You got people like, I know I know one guy. Yeah, who will have like, who will. He basically um, would have gigs on a weekend, spend time with the family on the Monday, Tuesday, but on the Wednesday, start preparing for the weekend again. And because he's got in that pattern of all of his lads getting, getting the stuff ready, loading a van, you know, spending time away from the family, you know, just in, he hasn't grown up. You yeah. know what I mean? He's doing the whole thing again and again and again. 
And like he's been on the he's been doing the stuff for like 20 years. Wow. Right? And he survived. Well, the thing is from the front, yeah. Inside, like he's rotting. And I keep yeah. and I was like going, look, if you can't, there isn't an argument, there isn't a discussion or a debate, like when I speak to him, that I haven't tried or anything from it. But the point is, is that that's my ego, isn't it? To say, like, I'm going to come and save you. I'm gonna, it's nothing to do with that. It's just that he can't see it. And he may never no. see it. Yeah. And, and, and then you think you're <clears> ta- <throat> you will take on his baggage to try and help it away. It doesn't need it. And then you have to think about it yourself where, where as you get older, it goes against your own ethics of where you try and, where you see people need help, you go there. And like now, you're fighting back and say, and it's not even it's not even worth it. You get emotionally invested in there, yep. and and it it's a cost. It has a cost <clears> on you. It take there's a it does. there's an emotional value on you that chips away in terms of your own belief and your own your own morals, your ethics. Yep, it does, and that's why between you and me, like I just got to the point where and I everyone just, else listening. Yeah, like. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I mean that's where for me I just got to the point where I just had enough, bro. I just didn't mm. want to be part of the scene anymore. I love my people, I love the Punjabi culture, but in terms of what I was seeing in the environment, it was I had enough. I mean that's why I moved four hours away from like Surrey Delta because I didn't want to be part of that. You know, you're you know like you can't even go out on a patio without the fear of getting shot. Mm. You know, because the gang violence was so bad, it's still bad. Just yesterday, some guy got shot. You know what I mean? So. And, you know, sad to say, like, you know, some of these people, right? Because you like, I'm in the music entertainment industry. I, you know, you just end up knowing people, you know, everybody, right? You're guilty by association or whatever, you know, and it's that's just. The, that's the worst. It's just guilty by association. Because yeah. you, you know someone, oh, that means you're exactly like them or you do this thing. It is. It and is. That, like, they don't care. They yeah. don't, but they don't care. So, like. But how do you, you know, when you work with these artists, do you, do you able up north, like in North America, do you, do you, are you able to have some of these kind of conversations with them? No, no, you can't because uh, it's a cultural thing. It's an ego thing, bro. It's, it's just in the thing, you know, the biggest problem, our, our biggest problem is ourselves. It's, it's a cult. And I think it'll, it's a generational change. It's going be with our kids. Do you feel that you're you're close to the um, uh, the same decision of walking away from when you were doing DJing from like doing your mister, mix and mastering kind of stuff and that as well? I mean, the DJing, yes. The mixing and mastering, now I'm very fortunate. It's all remote, so I don't really have to deal with anybody. Yeah. But um, it sucks though because I'm so passionate about our our people and our culture and our music. You may have, you know, like I try to be. It means know people take my tweets out of context and think i'm like hating and i'm not man i'm trying to make our i want to move our people forward you know you know like it took this long where the uk was making careers out of making weddings that only started for us like five years ago really at the end of the day uk has been making careers like you know the dj roadshows have been making bank for like 15 20 years compared to what we are so if, if i'm saying something out of like you know, that make it stay out of context is because I want our people to flourish, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, why do we have to be set in that mindset where this is okay and settle? You know, that's where I found that 
I'm in this thing where like I'm talking to these kids and they're like, it's just, it's just ridiculous the shit they talk about. You know what I mean? Like the conversations are just, it's all gangster shit. And like, it's all like, I, here is an example. So we went to Toronto for a wedding, right? You know, it was a good friend of our wedding. We went there and it, they're totally different there on the East coast. Sure. They have the problems, but they're totally different. And one guy asked me, he's like, what's with you guys out there in Surrey Delta? Like, why? I'm like, bro, I'm like, literally every upper there thinks they're a gangster. Literally. Four millionaires. Yeah. And like, literally, it's like, why? I go, I don't know. I have no idea. Like, there's no really answer to it. But it's, 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 you know, people like think, you know, I'm exaggerating or whatever, but it's, it's sad, bro. Like, it's, you know, I'm talking families that are well off middle-class millionaires doing dumb shit. You know, Loki, the, the, there's going to be these kids that do dumb shit regardless. Right. Mm. But why is there a big attract? Like we're always in the news every day here, man, of the community. That's the part that really bothers me. That fucking pisses me off since the nineties. Our culture has been in the news pretty much like every other day for dumb shit. Like we are the black people of Canada. That's how we get treated. No joke. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's stupid. It shouldn't be What do you mean? Way. The more, like, kind of, like, uh, victimization, stigmatization? Of course, man. We walk down the, the street. We're, like, if we walk down the street, there's four or five of us up running, walking down the street. There's a good hour couple walking. They'll cross the road. You get what I'm saying? Mm. Here's the thing. Yeah, they should cross the road. That's the attitude you get here. Me, I'm like, that's sad and pathetic. Like, why do they need, why do they fear us? Like that whole racism thing that we grew up on, you and I grew up on, you know, those days have changed. Like we all got to learn to work and live with each other. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we grew up, I was in the riots in the eighties in the UK. Like I know what we went through even here, but it's 2021. Like it's, it's different now. You know, they were always, we're always going to have those people that, you know, gang shit and whatever, but it's, it's, it's sad. The mentality and it just got to the point where, you know, I just, you know, being older, I just couldn't be in that environment. It's not for me, man. It's a young man's game now. It's not for me. Like, I want to be at home, enjoy my weekends, have the time with my kids, you know, work on my cars, work on like, you know, like I've got, I got free time now, which. Yeah, I've you know, seen I your realize. cars. I'm, I need to change the subject, although I'm getting more. Yeah, sure. Depressed. I might just. Sorry, man. My bad. Hit, hit, but no, no, it's all right. So like, oh, man, I'm just going to. Oh killed it thanks for that um <laughs> this is called the bandwagon so you know like i give an opportunity to get all the guests and, and you've heard the you've heard the uh, yep. the show before yeah. so is there something that and i i guess you're probably one of the guests i'm gonna guess that you've probably got a bandwagon that you want to jump on or jump off Bandwagon that I want to jump on. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, um, well, I, I, the bandwagon I want to jump off, that I think we should jump off, is the this continued love for weapons in like videos that don't make sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. You know, like you got you get about Piat and love, and you got like a Bonnie and Clyde thing going. Like that shit's played out culturally. Like I just tweeted today, like Garnajla is what one of the biggest artists right now in the game. 
album just produced by True School, phenomenal album. I don't know if you had a chance to heard it yet. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was, yeah. uh, I had a conversation um, with a previous guest. Yeah, you know, I put time aside. You know, I left it for about a week or so, two yep. weeks. You know, yeah. And uh, as I listen forward for me, I just love. It. Yeah, great I song, just, right? You know, what I mean, I, I just think, yeah. it, I, I think it's, it's, it's grown on me. Um, yep. But yeah, it's yep, great. It's good great album. album. Just released a video for one of his songs today, and the video was just like, really, totally. It's just to- I'll let you watch and you be the judge. But I think but the bandwagon. But, but do you think like not highlighting uh, that video, but um, yeah, more in, in general, in, in general yeah. do you think there's the pressure not on the artists or producers, not even on the directors? It's the label saying, "Look, this is what's happening. We want it done that way." I don't know, bro, because like India is very strict on what they allow to be played on their channels. Like, so, like, how many times have you seen, like, oh, Ani Lasakte because of blah, blah, blah? I don't watch it on there, though. Like, if you, like, yeah, on YouTube, yeah, there's no, there's no restrictions there. But that's what what I'm trying to say. It's like, you know, like those music channels, they're not as popular as what they used to be. So it's just like, wherever it comes, that's my point, which is like, it, they it sells, say, bro. Like, yeah, we'll it's, put it on there. Right? It sells. And, and that CGI is getting better. Our video quality is getting better and better and better. It, it sells, man. It Guns are part of the psyche of the culture. It is what it is. It's been like that for years. You know, who hasn't sung about it? I mean, now it's easier to glorify. But is it right and wrong? I mean, but that's look, a moral question. But, but look, it is. Look at, it is, what look, it is. Look at the artist, like Sidhu's album and stuff. Like it was how like how big it was, and they could control the videos or what they want to put in there. They, they, some of them, the artists are bigger than the labels. You know, they yeah. This Especially is independence. Yeah, this is what we did. Like the deep current, the old um, Sidhu, Gary Sandhu, yep. all of these people. They're bit, you know, they're becoming. What was it? You know, they're not. They're not business. They are business. You know what I mean? Yeah, Jay Z said it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I mean? no, they're not. It's they're not business. I'm not a, I'm business, not a business, business man. man. I'm a business I'm a man. Business yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah. That's it, yeah. And that's I'm, the way they should But that's the way they should treat themselves, right? Because they're a walking, they're a walking business. So I think the area that every artist messes up merchandise. You be <laughs> don't get me started, man. With that, <laughs> it it pains me. How much I used to, I used to remember when you used to say that ages ago. I did. <laughs> I remember. I remember this tweet exactly. I should find it. I'm like, Punjabi artists need to get on TikTok, bro. I got blasted, blasted. Well, you don't know what you're talking about. TikTok's Mickey Mouse, right? You know how much money they generated for artists? Like something over like five hundred million dollars or something. They paid out to artists. Ridiculous. TikTok's bigger you can't than tell Instagram me- now, isn't it? Yeah, but you can't tell me. And 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 this is what this is what bothers me, man. This is what so millions of Punjabis around the world, yeah. Why hasn't there been one TikTok viral Punjabi thing come out, a dance to a song or something? I think, it's logically makes no sense to me. No, They'll do they, like these other bullshit TikTok. No, they, 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 there has been ones. Like, I don't know whether you get to see them over there. I don't know whether the algorithm works in that way. But like, the Lember had one. Lember had mm. his dance one that went around TikTok. Yeah. 
I remember that one, but yeah. that's the only one I can really recall. Yeah, like. no, no, in volume one. No, I get I get your point. I'm just saying it's just like yeah. um it's the art, it's the arse factor, it's another platform. <laughs> yeah. I mean I I'm think only, I'm I think say that's that because I don't do it. No, but it's okay though. Not it's not for everybody, but if you're a big A-list artist, like you gotta be on there. You have to be. Because that's where like that's where music is being watched like youtube for the first time last year for short video lost out to tiktok like i think it was like whatever two and a half minutes less so they're losing ground and what's the capacity of someone watching a video is like maybe five minutes max right so they're losing a big chunk of share to tiktok i like talking about stuff like this because this is kind of stuff like you know you 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 know in depth of what you talk about i find that stuff fascinating when you put up charts and you put up data because I've, I've lived in that world where that you talk about, like I'm, I'm physically seeing drug addicts dancing yeah. on the dance floor to my records. You know what I mean? Do so you, do, do you think that like one of the things is, is like trying to professionalize this, the, the industry, the way it is, is that like, you know, where you think about in the mainstream, there's actually teams like Diljeet's probably like a good, like I know some of the team behind him and how much they go into depth. It's like an operation, how they operate, you know, how they work. But you've, then you've got other artists who've got a massive presence, but just generally, they've got no one around. The circle is very, 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 very small. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing, right? Like, Diljit's a great artist, don't get me wrong, okay? Like, I'm not putting his talent, I'm not saying anything about his talent, what he can do. His team made him a fucking superstar like i'm talking like michael jackson big his team did that let's be real here right like but no but he's no but like i mean his talent is he's unreal don't get me wrong but with his team he went another level because they gave him a reach that he couldn't do by himself you understand what i'm saying like true but what comes with that is a work ethic around it 100 so like um he he'll I don't know. I, I could be totally wrong, but this is when I when I um I, you speak with some of his team and stuff. Like yeah, he'll yeah. get up early, seven a.m. Yeah. training, doing all this, keeping it yeah. as a job, doing med, keeping it, learning, yeah. watching everybody, doing everything, and so he he's dedicated it from that. And I think the combination of that with the team in there has made him into to do to do that. That's all I'm saying. He was a oh, big right. star. Okay. He's a big star. I get that, but. When he when he went next level, I'm talking selling out arenas and his presence on social media, where he's gotten global reach. Like even like you know, non Asian people know who he is now, right? That was his team doing that because they gave him that reach. You you, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah 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 yeah. So but that comes part I mean, of that that's part of the 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 whole brand, isn't it? That's just branding. That's the thing. Well, but yeah. the, his team's handling his branding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's getting up in the morning, but I'm sure he's getting input from. Okay, you need to do this. You should do that. You should do this. He ultimately makes the decision. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. But without that team effort, maintaining who he is, like he would just stay at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Like now he's got endless operation. Like you can't tell me he's got a team bringing in brand deals. Hey, bro, Coke just called and said, hey, you want to do this? You'll be like, nah, 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 maybe. You know what I mean? Team's going to do that. So I tell everybody, like, don't hire your best friend as your manager if you're making money. Hire a marketing manager. Or even, fuck, take gold media at the end of the day. Whatever. Like, at least they'll get you somewhere. They'll get you reached. They'll get you 
You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta treat yourself as a business at some point. I mean, shit's from the start. Like everyone's got a budget. I get there's money involved, you know, I've gotten a video, but still it doesn't mean you can't focus on the little, like I tell every artist, I mean, it was like, you know, how are we going to do this? I go, bro, you, you have to release the best music you possibly can with the budget that you have. That's all you can do. The rest of the, you know, the kismet the good line, right? God done. Yeah. All right. I'm going to call it. Yeah. At that point, I would like yeah. to just um, really thank you. I, I'm sure this is going to end up being a, a bit of a series in terms of where we, uh, where we do this chat quite regularly. I love that, bro. I, I, see I, that, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I, I love chat. I love, I love talking just stuff with you because it's, it's cool, you know, and you got the platform for it. And then, like I said, we need, you know, more people need more, more chats like this because options. Important. I think that's it. People options, need options. Yeah. 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 You no, know? but um, no, I appreciate it, and um, we'll catch up soon, bro. Hundred percent, bro. Thanks. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.